Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. Let it be deep as the netherworld, or high as the sky. But Ahaz answered, I will not ask. I will not tempt the Lord. Then Isaiah said, Listen, O house of David, is it not enough for you to weary people? Must you also weary my God? Therefore the Lord himself will give you this sign. The virgin shall be with child and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Sacrifice or oblation you wished not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Holocausts or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, Behold, I come. Here Here I I am, am, Lord, I come come to do your will. In the written scroll it is prescribed for me, to do your will, O my God, is my delight, and your law is within my heart. Here I am, Lord, Lord, I I come to do your will. I announced your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you, O Lord, know. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Your justice I kept not hid within my heart. Your faithfulness and your salvation I have spoken of. I have made no secret of your kindness and your truth in the vast assembly. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats take away sins. For this reason, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In holocausts and sin offerings, you took no delight. Then I said, as is written of me in the scroll, behold, I come to do your will, O God. First, he says, sacrifices and offerings, holocausts and sin offerings, you neither desired nor delighted in. These are offered according to the law. Then he says, behold, I come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second. By this will, we have been consecrated through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to you, Word of God, Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Word of God.
of God, Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God became flesh and made His dwelling among us, and we saw His glory. Glory to you, Word of God, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. This is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, you Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Well, brothers and sisters, this is quite a special day. The feast, the solemnity of the Annunciation, the feast really of the Incarnation. I mean, this feast today is, although not accompanied by all the cultural trimmings that Christmas brings, nevertheless is celebrating the same reality that we celebrate at Christmas. For the focus there, of course, is the birth of Christ. Today's focus is his conception. But nevertheless, both today and Christmas celebrate the Incarnation, God becoming human while not ceasing to be God, while not losing any of His glory or power as God. He begins existing in a human nature. That's why, by the way, both today and on Christmas, these are the only two days of the year on which when we say the creed, which will follow the homily, when we come to the words, He was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man, we genuflect in adoration, in awe of this mystery of God becoming a child. Today, my friends, Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, becomes an unborn child. 
Today, Jesus Christ commences that journey of humanity that we all made at the outset of our lives. That journey of nine months in the womb of our mother. We are all together in this, and God has joined us in this. God becomes an unborn child today. And that is why, throughout the world, today is observed not only as the Annunciation, but because of that, as the day of the unborn child. Celebrations are held. Marches and rallies are carried out. People spend more time in prayer and in conversation and in reading and in study and in celebration and in defense of these our youngest brothers and sisters, these children in the womb. They are the youngest members of the human family. You know, I often think about the fact that what, what happens when we talk about the unborn is that there are many people who think that we are talking about children who don't exist yet. And of course, in a sense, they are unborn too. The children who are going to be conceived 50 or 100 years from now, of course, they're unborn. But when we talk about the unborn child, we're talking about a child who already does exist and is living and growing in the first nine months of their lives. These are existing children. These are living children. Just as Jesus Christ, as soon as Mary said that, yes, began living and growing in her womb. What a day it is to be able to shine a bright light and to remind people that this is not just a concept and that this is not just an imagination, but that the children that they so easily forget, that they so quickly forget, and who are the most oppressed human beings in all the earth, are today to be honored, are today to be celebrated, are today to be embraced. These are our brothers and sisters. And we embrace them today with special love. We embrace them today with special recognition. We talk about them and we show them to other people. The images that we have of the unborn child, the pictures, the videos, we have more of this than ever before. The unborn child has long been recognized now as medical science's newest patient. We can not only see the child and listen to her heartbeat and take images and pictures of these babies, which are all over the Internet, but we can also, therefore, diagnose them and treat them and even do surgery on them, these are real people. And ironically, at this stage of our history, when we have learned in the last 50 years more about the unborn child than we have ever known or learned in all of human history, ironically, it is during this same period that we have taken away protection from those same children about whom we are learning so much. Why? Some people will argue that because the child is so small, because the child is so dependent on being in the womb, because the child so needs the protection of his or her mother at that period of life, that that dependency is an argument for letting them be killed for taking away the protection that they need. 
My friends, if they are more dependent, they need more protection, not less. The arguments of the other side aren't arguments at all. They are absurdities. So absurd that it's insulting for us even to hear them. These children deserve the most protection, the most defense of anyone at any other stage of life. So we celebrate today. We celebrate because life is a joyful reality. It was on this day in 1993, El Salvador began the international observances of the Day of the Unborn Child, and it spread to many, many other countries in Latin America and uh, countries, Uruguay, Panama, uh, Venezuela, Cuba, the Dominican Republic, and it spread into Europe, Romania, Slovakia, it spread into Asia, the Philippines, spread to Australia, uh, countries around the United States, both by government decree and also by decree of the church, celebrating this day of the unborn child. Here in the United States, right in this very Priests for Life headquarters from which I am speaking to you right now, national pro-life leaders gathered just recently and came up with a declaration urging all people throughout the United States and around the world to observe today as the day of the unborn child, to spend some extra time reflecting, talking about, spreading awareness of these youngest brothers and sisters of ours. And it was on this day in 1995 that St. John Paul II issued a marvelous document called the Gospel of Life, Evangelium Vitae, its Latin title. This is the strongest modern-day declaration of the church about the child in the womb as our brother, as our sister. This is the strongest declaration of the church's position on the sanctity of life and the biblical position, really, of Christianity itself. The encyclical is very, very biblical. It was issued March the 25th of 1995 for a very simple reason. Today, Jesus became an unborn child. Brothers and sisters, read the encyclical. That's a great way to observe this day. Spend some time becoming acquainted with that document. You can go to gospeloflife.org and see the document itself plus additional study materials. Why did Jesus become an unborn child? Well, the letter to the Hebrews, quoting the psalm that we read, gives uh, an interpretation of that psalm. In the psalm, we, uh, we read that sacrifices you desired not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. So the psalmist is speaking, and we hear the voice of Christ in the psalmist. Jesus, from all eternity, being the Son of God, says to the Father, you gave me ears open to obedience. In other words, think about what we're preparing to celebrate in the upcoming Easter ceremonies. He became obedient to Mary, to Joseph. He became obedient even unto death, death on the cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and made him the means of salvation. So ears open to obedience you gave me. Not, thy, not my will, but thine be done. He prayed with, with sweating blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. We are approaching these holy days 
when we realize that it is through the obedience of the Son to the Father that we have our salvation. But brothers and sisters, that obedience was not simply something spiritual. Because another way that that verse can be translated is brought to us by the author of the letter to the Hebrews in today's second reading when he says, As it is written in the scroll, I have come to do your will. Okay, so there's the topic of obedience. But then he quotes that psalm by saying this, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. There's the obedience of the Son of God, taking on a human body and soul, sharing in our human nature so that we could share His divine nature. The mystery of the Incarnation, the wondrous exchange. We give God our humanity. He gives us His divinity. The obedience of the Son of God that saves us is the obedience of the offering of His body on the cross. Ears open to obedience you gave me, a body you prepared for me, so that I could offer that body for my people on the cross. The mystery of Christmas, the mystery of the Annunciation, the mystery of the Incarnation is fulfilled in the mystery of Good Friday and Easter Sunday. The body, the human body, the human nature that we all share, and that our unborn brothers and sisters share, is taken up to the very throne of God. See the great mystery. See all this coming together. The unborn share the same human nature that we do, and Christ came to share that human nature to redeem us all, to save us all, to bring us all to the glory and eternal life of God Himself. This is the meaning of this feast and is interconnected with all these other feasts. The Holy Spirit, Mary, will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. This will be a child called Holy, the Son of God. This is the one who offers himself on the cross that we might be saved. The body matters. The body is sacred. We are saved through the body of Christ and it is in the body of the human person born and unborn that we see the glory of God. In that encyclical letter, The Gospel of Life, published on this day in 1995, John Paul II, St. John Paul, asks this question. Why is human life a good why is it always a good? And he says the answer is amazing because it is a reflection, human life, of the glory of God. It's a manifestation of God Himself. And John Paul says that welcoming every child is joy, the joy reflected at Christmas, the joy reflected in the birth of Christ is a joy reflected in the birth of every child. Let us celebrate then the Annunciation. Let us celebrate the Incarnation. Let us renew our faith that God became human because He loves humanity. He loves human life. Why are we pro-life? Because God is life. And He has told us, He has shown us what He thinks of human life, raising us up to His very throne. 
Let's celebrate that incarnation. And let us celebrate the day of the unborn child. Never let these children in the womb be forgotten. Overcome. Counteract. Stand up in the face, brothers and sisters, of the blind spot that our society continues to insist on in so many of its institutions, in many sectors of government and the courts, academia, media, entertainment industry, so many in our society who want to persist in pretending that the child in the womb doesn't even exist. Oh yes, he's there, she's there, they are there, and they are our brothers and sisters. We will not allow them to be forgotten, ignored anymore, or oppressed. The Lord Jesus Christ came to set the oppressed free. As we celebrate and honor the lives of unborn children, we declare today that we will give every ounce of energy and effort that they would be protected just as you and I are. They deserve no less and they need your voice today and every day of your life. They need your voice. They need your hands. They need your time. They need your action. They need your sacrifice. They need your involvement in the pro-life movement. They need you because they have no one else. They cannot defend themselves. They cannot vote. They cannot write. They cannot protest. And brothers and sisters, they cannot even pray. They're too young to know. They don't know yet how to pray, and they don't even know what kind of danger they're in. As we recommit ourselves to defending the unborn from abortion today, I want to sh conclude by sharing with you this perspective. Jesus made it clear in the Gospels that when we love those who cannot love us back, we are observing a perfect form of love. When you hold a banquet, Jesus said, don't invite your rich friends and relatives. They can repay you someday. Invite the poor and the lame and the beggars and the crippled and the outcast. Invite those who cannot repay you. Because you will be repaid in the resurrection of the just. Who can repay us less? than the unborn children. So many of those who advocate and advance abortion are doing so because they get richly repaid by the friends with whom they are ingratiating themselves. Invite those who cannot repay you. You will be repaid in the resurrection of the just. Honor the unborn, work for them, sacrifice for them, speak up for them, preach for them, write for them, march for them, lobby for them, vote for them. You will be richly repaid. They don't even know they're in danger. They don't know yet that you're loving them. Almighty God does. And it is in His name that we recommit ourselves today to the cause of life, to the cause of the unborn. Happy Feast of the Annunciation to all of you. Happy Feast of the Day of the Unborn Child. Amen.
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.